Welcome to the Florence Crossroad Podcast. We're thrilled to share with you an exciting message from our weekend service. If you would like more information about who we are as a church and how to get involved, feel free to visit florencecrossroadag.org. We hope you have an amazing experience and a great week. We're talking about the Word today, amen, about God's words to us. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we ask the Lord to grant us favor and that our heart would hear the voice of His Spirit today. Father, you still speak through your Word. You speak to us in a variety of ways. And Holy Spirit, would you allow us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us today? Help us as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Not sure what that's all about, but we'll figure it out in a little bit. We live in a very interesting world. Right now, uh, our world is somewhat fractured. <clears throat> our world is, is very much in a fractured position. So many voices, so much noise, so much static happening around our world. Uh, Our president is in Singapore. We're looking at a unique moment this week with North Korea. We hear all of the challenges that are happening economically. We hear all of the issues that are going on in our world, whether it's culturally, whether it's morally, whatever the issues are, we see and hear probably more than we need to hear. I think that one of the things that that I want to share with you this morning, and it is the one thing I want to share with you this morning, is this. God wants to speak to you. God does speak to us. I thank God for the Word. I, I love the Word. You know I love the Word. If you're around here long enough, you will understand that that's, that's the only thing we want to share is the Word. My opinion doesn't mean much. Uh, how many of you understand that? You know, I, I look at these basketball players that have a lot of stuff. You know what? Trained SEALs put balls through hoops, too. I'm not really too concerned about what a personal opinion is. I want to know what the Word of God says. Hello? What's the Word of God tell us? God is still speaking, and He does so in a variety of ways. We have the Bible. It, it, is, it is God's written word. It is inerrant. It is infallible. It is inspired. It is practical. It is relevant. Cultures change. This book does not. As a matter of fact, cultures change at such a rapidity of, of time that every 16 months, paradigms have shifted in our world. And if we're not careful, we'll be left behind. But the word of God never changes. It's still relevant. It still speaks to the human need. It still speaks to our spirit. It still guides us. It still directs us in a world that's filled with all kinds of competing noises and voices. God is speaking. And yes, he does speak through the word. We need the word. We need to memorize the word. We need the word in our heart. We need the written word. But God also speaks in another way. He speaks to us where we can hear his voice. Maybe not in the tangible, audible way. I think if I ever heard the audible voice of God, it'd scare the bajiggers right out of me, I'm telling you. But, but I, I want to know what the voice of God is. I want to know that he's speaking to me. 
I am a father, a grandfather, great-grandfather. You didn't think I was that old. I love to hear my kids and my grandkids. I love it when they call me. I love talking to them. I love to communicate with them. I love to hear their voice. I love to hear what's going on in their life. I like to be able to speak into their life. My granddaughter periodically will call and she will say, Papa, I need some advice. I like that. I've earned it. I love it when they call and they want to hear, they want to talk. I, I was at my, one of my grandson's graduations last week, and, and to, to hear him as he came up to me, he said, Papa, I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you could be here at this very special moment in my life. I, I, I believe that, that God is the same as you and I. He wants to hear his kids. He wants us to hear his voice. He's still communicating with us. It's not mystical. It's not some kind of a weird thing. It's not some kind of a mystery. God is a great father that wants to communicate with his children. He wants us to hear him. He wants to hear us. It's not some freaky thing. God does speak to us. He wants to guide us. He wants to protect us. He wants to correct us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to compass us with or bring compassion around our lives. He, he wants us to know that he cares about us. If, if I have a life message, it's that God loves you so deeply. He cares and he wants you to know and he shows and manifests his care toward you. He wants you to hear him. Can you say amen to that? But God has given to us the responsibility, not only of the written word that I believe we need to steward, but he's also given to us his spoken word that we must also steward. Let me illustrate this. Somebody comes to your mind and you feel impressed to to share a passage of scripture with them. The Lord brings something or an impression comes to you about a passage and and you feel that that's for, for somebody. But you fail to give that to them. But God sees that somebody and he knows the need that they have. And so he lays it upon the heart of somebody else. And they're diligent to share that word with that person to bring encouragement to them. Now, whom do you think God will use the next time he wants to bring encouragement to someone? He will use the one that has stewarded his spoken word the best. Who has taken the spoken word and put it into action to deliver the spoken word to the person that needs that. You see, God wants us to be stewards of his word. That's an interesting word, stewarding his word. Usually we think in terms of stewardship, we think in terms of finances. We are to, to be careful with his gifts, with we're to pay tithes, we're to, be, we're to live beneath our means, we're to be generous. That's, that's part of stewardship. And it is in that sense. But stewarding is being uh, a, a good manager of the things, the gifts, the things that God has placed into our entrustment. So as I look at this, how do we steward his word? There's a couple of things. We steward what we hear. We steward what we hear. It's interesting. In Luke chapter 6, you hear the words that 
with the same measure that you give, it shall be given back to you. And that's dealing with finances. But when you go to Mark chapter 4, you hear the same phrase, but now it's used with hearing. It says, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Do you understand what God is saying there? He's saying, I am trying to get your attention. I am trying to share and I'm trying to communicate with you. And as you hear me, the more you hear me, the more you'll be able to hear me and be able to share with others. But if you fail to steward it well, I will not speak. How many of you want God to speak? You want to hear. You want to, to be a good steward. I li- listen to it. It goes on. It says, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has been, has, has will be taken from him. That's pretty ominous in that statement. I want to be a good steward of the things that God has given to me in the Word. Many times when I develop a message, it's it's, it's a thought that comes to my heart. It's something that He's laid on my heart. It it starts with with just an impression. It starts with perhaps out of that impression comes a, a thread of thought. And out of that, I begin to find the Word. And the Word begins to speak and brings life to a whole series of messages that He gives me. As, as, as I have that, it's not just my Word. Please understand that. When we preach a message, it's not my Word. I'm trying to deliver what the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to me for you. Do you all understand that? God is still speaking. Hallelujah. I'll say amen a little louder than you did there, I tell you right now. I've I've discovered a few ways that God speaks. I don't know all of the lists of the ways that he can. I'm not saying this is a comprehensive list of the ways that God speaks. But these are things that out of my experience, out of my life, I have experienced hearing his voice, hearing his words speak into my life. He speaks through circumstances sometimes. If you remember Jonah, we'll talk about him a little later. He, he heard the word, but he didn't obey the word. And it was through the circumstances of storms and, and fish guts that he heard and turned. And you all understand what I'm saying? Through counsel, Proverbs speaks about the counsel of of others. Out of the multitude of counsels comes wisdom. God speaks through other people and through the counsel that he can give. He speaks through peace, that settled peace. A dear friend of mine, years been in heaven for a number of years now, he used to make this statement, the peace of God is the title deed to the promise of God. I love that. It's the title deed to the promise of God for my life. I love what Colossians says, let the peace of God rule your hearts. In Philippians 4, it says, and the peace of God, will, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. The peace of God is valuable. It speaks to me through people. Agabus came to Paul and gave him a word of counsel. God spoke to Paul through other people. Through dreams and visions, through dreams and visions, Solomon, Jacob, Peter, John, Paul, 
Daniel, all of these people had visions and dreams. I've had a few visions and a few dreams. I like the visions better than the dreams because it says old men dream dreams. I prefer to have vision because young men have vision. Hello. Some of you will get that tomorrow. <laughs> Through thoughts, Jacob, or excuse me, Joseph, I love it, says, while, while he thought, while Joseph was thinking about the things that he had heard, as he was thinking, as he was pondering, the Spirit of the Lord came, and an angel of the Lord came and spoke to him. Sometimes through just pondering, through meditating, through thinking upon the word, thinking upon the challenge, as we ponder those things, God, through those thoughts, can come and speak to us in marvelous ways, through natural manifestations. In Romans 1, God speaks through nature, it says. In, in John chapter 12, verse 29, therefore the people who stood by heard it and said, It was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. What was this? It was when Jesus was being baptized. It says, as he came up out of the water, the Father in heaven declared, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Spirit of God in the form of a dove came upon him. Some heard thunder. Others heard the voice of the Spirit. You see, sometimes in in the book of Revelation, we hear a lot about natural phenomena, natural dynamics that happened that speak to the, the voice of God through supernatural manifestations, through burning bushes. I've never seen one. Through fleeces, I've had a few. Through donkeys, I've had a few of them. Yeah, so have you. But sometimes they were of God. Sometimes it's a miracle. It's beyond our comprehension. There's no way to define or declare what it is. It's simply a miracle, and God manifests it some way in a supernatural way. Sometimes through the Bible. You read the Word of God. Every, Every morning I read the book of Proverbs. Not the whole book, but the chapter correlating with the day's date. Today is is June 10th. Read Proverbs 10. When you read Proverbs 10, I, I, I have chosen not to memorize the Proverbs. Because when I read that book, I want it to become alive. I don't want it simply to, to somehow automatically go into a rote of here's what. No, I want the word of God to be live to me today. I want it to speak fresh into my heart today. And it's amazing how many times through the word that the, the spirit of God will bring a challenge or he will bring a correction or he will bring a direction into my life. Through the word of God, it's powerful, it's wonderful. We saw a little demonstration of how magnificent it can be. But then there's, there's another one. It's through that still, small voice. I call it the whisper. It's when... You don't hear audible voices and you don't see thunders and lightnings, but you, you sense that small little voice that just speaks into your soul. It's a marvelous thing when that happens. Elijah saw that at the, at the mouth of a cave and it wasn't the big things. It was just the small little nudge that was found in his spirit. The point is, is that God is speaking to us all the time. Through various means and ways, he's trying to gain our attention. He's trying to help us understand that he's very much alive and well, and he wants the best for us, and he's wanting to guide us and direct us. 
this whole series on empowered is really God wanting to put into us and give to us the tools and the equipping and the authority to take charge of our life and our destiny right now, not somewhere down road. It's not some mystical thing. It's not a mysterious thing. It's a practical thing. Hallelujah. Yet, while we're listening to the voice of God and for the voice of God, there are competing frequencies that are happening all around us. In this room this morning, there, there are frequencies. I'm, I'm on a, a frequency through our speaker system that, that brings to you the clarity of my voice so that all can hear it. But there are other frequencies that are happening. You've got AM and FM and VHF and UHF and all of these other FS and that stuff. You know, there's stuff. Voices. If we could tune into them, it would be a cacophony of sound and noise. But we can't. We're on one frequency this morning. And God wants us on His frequency to hear His voice, to hear His Spirit, that He will guide us. But in this, there are competing voices. We need to be very careful to what we listen to. Let let me say that again. We need to be very careful to what we listen to. To hear God's voice is a must. You have to hear his voice. I must hear his voice. I've got to. I live by hearing his voice. And in order to do that, I've got to turn down the volume of all of the other competing voices. We've just come through probably one of the most fractious elections In the history of this nation. And we have heard. And are still hearing. Such a jumbled. Amount of noise. And nonsense. And I've got good news. And bad news. The bad news. It's not going to get a whole lot better. The good news. Is his word. And his voice is still the one we need to listen to. Because his word and his voice will guide us. His word and his voice will take us into a journey that will bring to us security and safety. I'm praying for the Orans and I'm praying for the Herrings this morning as, as they're in Nicaragua. Because it is a very difficult place today. But the thing that I've been praying for them is that God would cocoon them in his presence with his security and with his safety. That he'll literally place his hand over their lives and keep them safe in the midst of difficulties. That's what we can do. And when we hear the voice of God, he brings to us, brings us into that safe place. I'm reminded of three Hebrew children and they said, even if Our God does not deliver us. We will not bow. And with that, they were thrown into the furnace. And the only thing that was burned off of them were the things that had them bound. Because there was a fourth in the fire and his name is Jesus. When I listen to the voice of my God, he's there in a difficult moment. He's there when things turn upside down. He's there when hell is turned loose on earth. My Jesus is right there with me. And when I listen to his voice, he's the calming voice in the midst of turmoil. But I want you to remember 
In the book of Genesis, God came in the cool of the evening. And he walked into the garden and he would walk and talk and commune with Adam and Eve. He would, he would literally talk just like I'm talking. There would be a communication. It would be a two-way thing. What a monologue. It was a dialogue. And they talked. They talked about all of the things. I don't know what they talked about. I'd love to hear the conversations. God, why did you make the hippopotamus? What uses an ostrich besides boots? Uh, what, 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 I don't know what they talked about, but they talked, they communicated, they talked, they spoke. But there was another voice in the garden. And that voice in the garden was not bringing them peace. It was not bringing them to a secure place. It was not bringing them to, to safety. It was bringing them to ultimate harm and damage. It was the voice of the enemy that came, and he would come through their thoughts. He would come with the intent of their heart. He would come with a lying spirit. And he was doing everything he could to get their attention. That's why Jesus says, take heed to what you hear. Be very careful what you listen to. It's no coincidence that Satan is called the prince and power of the air. You come home from work. Your wife has been at work. You come into the house. Honey, when's dinner going to be ready? You speak that into the air. The enemy takes those words and he twists it. And she hears, you're so lazy you haven't fixed dinner. Now, how many of you know that he'll probably end up with a black eye? That isn't what he said. But it can be misconstrued. How many times... Do I share a message? And one message, I speak one message, but hundreds of messages leave the church because of an inflection or maybe a facial expression or maybe body language changes the whole of what I was saying. We've got to be very careful to what we hear. Secondly, steward how you hear. Luke 18, 8, 18 says, Therefore, take heed Listen to this, how you hear. How many of you have ever read these words? Take heed how you hear. Don't pass over those little words, how we hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Isn't that interesting that Mark 4 really parallels this passage? Why? Because God was saying communication is extremely important. You need to know how you hear. (laughs) I've watched the Lord do some amazing things over the years. And it has been amazing. But one of the things that we've got to take stewardship of, we've got to take responsibility of, we've got to manage well, is never take the word lightly. I can't If I can't be faithful with a little, God will never entrust me with much. Does that make sense? I want to hear the voice of God. I I have asked the Lord, give me your word that I can share with people. And if I'm not faithful with the little that he gives me, he will never give me more for more. 
He gave me his word. I want to give, be faithful to what he's given. It is so important. Joseph. Joseph had a dream. And in the dream, his family was bowing before him. You see, Joseph was given a word from God, but how he heard the word really crippled him. What he heard was his family was going to bow before him. What God was saying is, I am going to put you into a position of great authority. Not that people will bow before you, but that through you, I will minister to millions of people and benefit them and provide for them. But what did Joseph do as a kid? Immature, naive, he takes the idea, my family is going to bow before me. You don't say that to a big brother. They wanted to kill him. But they decided to sell him. There was a couple times my sister wanted to sell me. She couldn't find anybody that would give her a nickel. You see, the dream was from God. The message was from God. But he misinterpreted it. He didn't handle it well. Let me share with you something. Leadership in the kingdom is not about how many people you get to serve you. It's how many people you get to serve. When I was in Africa teaching pastors... One of the concepts that I shared with them was about servant leadership. The misunderstanding of servant leadership is that I'm the leader and you're to serve me. That is not servant leadership. Servant leadership isn't so so much how many people are following me or how many people are serving me or how many people are. No, it's how many people do I have the privilege and the honor and the responsibility to serve. Does that make sense? And, and, and as, as I understand that, what it really is coming back to me is saying is this. You're going to serve them, but you need to hear me. Because what I speak to you is for them, not just for you. Oh, I'll say amen again. This morning, our first service, John gets up and he shares this passage. He stole it right out of my notes. I tell you, he just did. I think you were peeking again, John. But he gives more grace. He gives more grace. Man, I, I tell you what, grace is an amazing thing, folks. He gives more grace. We're saved by grace. Amen. We're, we're, we're kept by grace. We're, we're encouraged by grace. We're empowered by grace. He gives more grace. I've been given grace, but he wants to give me even more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You cannot resist the devil when God is resisting you. Did you hear that? You cannot resist the devil when God is resisting you. Illustrated. The word resist comes from the Greek word atetastas. 
And it simply means, it's, it's, a, it's a sporting concept. It means to play the opposition. God says, I have an assignment for you. I want you to know, I, God, I can't. I, I, I don't have the ability. I can't speak. I, I can't do that. God says, I'm giving you the ball. You just stand behind me. I will block. You just follow. And God's just going like this, knocking these giants out of the way. And I'm right behind him. And we get to the end zone, and we score, and, and I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I didn't think I could do it. God, that was wonderful. Don't ask me to do that again. But he does. And we do, and we go in the same formation, and the more we do it, the more, more I feel that I can do it. And the more I feel I can do it, boy, God, I can do this. I don't need your help this time. And God says, okay, I'm not going to stand in front of you what you've got, son. I don't want to ever go up nose to nose against God. That's what he's speaking about when he says, God will not. God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, resist the proud. He resists the proud. He will resist the proud. He will say, come and take your best shot. You get the point? I, I think it's so important that we recognize when God calls us to whatever task he calls us to. You can't do it in your strength. But with him, you can do anything. And when you hear his voice, when you hear him speaking to you, when you hear it through counsel, when you hear it through the word, when you hear it in a dream or a vision, and you can take that word and match it to this, because if it doesn't match this, it's you or somebody else. But when it aligns itself with the word of God, you can take it to the bank. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to take heed how we hear. The last point that I want to share is simply this. Heed what you hear. Jonah chapter 1 says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish. Now listen to this. From the presence of the Lord. He wasn't just fleeing he was fleeing God. He was running from God. He was running from the presence of God. Now, wait a second, Pastor. God is everywhere at all times. Yes, He is. But His manifest presence is something we can flee from. And I need His manifest presence. Listen to what it goes on. It says, But Jonah rose to flee Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. And found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare. And he went down into it and to go uh, with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. When we fail to take heed to the voice of God, we are leaving his presence. Hello? Have you ever had the Spirit of the Lord speak to you about Something, maybe sharing you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Or that you should do this and you should... And you didn't? Now, what happens? You get to a place where, you, where's God? I don't feel him. I don't sense him. 
what you have to do. And I, I've had people say, Pastor, I, I don't sense God. God isn't speaking to me anymore. Go back to the last place you heard him and ask yourself, did I do what he asked me to do? That's what Jonah did. Here he is in the entrails of a fish. And in the middle of that moment, he repents. I'm going to tell you something. A disobedient prophet will even make a fish sick. And it threw him up. I can only imagine what he looked like. I certainly don't know what, I want to know what he smelled like. It was not a good thing. But he went back to the last place he heard the voice of God, and he then began to do what God spoke to him to do. And when he did, he heard God again. A number of years ago, my wife and I and another couple were in an IHOP restaurant. Just having dinner one evening. We were having a, just a, a wonderful time in fellowship, and our little waitress came, and she took our order, and pretty soon the the food came and she served us, and as she would dutifully do, she said, is there anything else I can do for you? And I felt the Spirit of the Lord speak to me. No, you have done a wonderful job, but we're going to pray over this. But is there anything we can pray for you for? And when I said that, she bolted and ran. And I was a little bit troubled. She ran through the prep area, right through the back door of the, of the, of the restaurant. The staff back there were looking at her, looking out at us. And I'm going, well, what did we do? Pretty soon she composed herself. She came in and sat down next to me. And she said, you don't know this. But a year ago, I lost a baby. And this morning, I prayed, God, put me on the heart of somebody. I heard the voice of the Spirit pray for her. I didn't know what that meant. I, I'm not a psychic, and I'm certainly not a prophet. I just want to be sensitive to his voice. You can hear the voice of God. You can hear it through that whisper. You can through it, hear it in, in so many different ways. How many of you have ever heard or felt the impression that you should share something with somebody and you just felt, you felt like, oh, I, I, I don't know, it might offend them. Anybody ever feel like that? Go ahead and do it anyway. Because your motive isn't to offend your motive isn't to hurt. I, I've had the opportunity on so many occasions to share about Jesus. I remember a fellow I was fishing one time. I love to fish. If you haven't figured it out, I, I do. It's, it's, you know, God called fishermen. Yeah. I'm just fishing for men now. But, but I remember being out on the Sandy River, and I, I came down around the bend, and here's this guy who's a hulk of a young man. I mean, he was massive. And it was a really warm spring day, and I, I went down river. We talked a little bit, went down river, and came back, and he had taken off his sweatshirt. 
I've never seen mussels like that in my life. I certainly had never had any like that. And I said, may I ask a question? What do you do? Do you, do you lift houses just for pleasure? I mean, this is amazing. He had arms that big. He could have put supercalifragilisticexpialidocious in a tattoo on one, one bicep. For me, it would have been F-L-O-R-E-N-C. You, you get the point? He was a massive young man. And I began to talk with him and found out that he was a pro wrestler. He's a big guy. And in the middle of our discussion, I heard the Spirit of God say to him, say to me, are you right with God? Now, here I am, a little pencil neck preacher, next to this guy that looked like Attila the Hun. Are you right with God? And he bowed his head. He says, no. Big old tears came up in his eyes. I led him to Jesus. Hear me, folks. Be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. My mother-in-law, bless her heart. My wife and her sisters were in Salem at the time. It was a New Year Eve. Eve celebration, they were going to go from Salem, the youth, up to Brightwood, up towards Mount Hood. They were excited. It was the first outing they were going to get to go to as a youth in the youth group. This was a watch night service, if for some of you understand what that is. Others, it was a service on New Year's Eve. And they were going to leave after this service. And, and, and just as they got ready to leave, Mom said to her girls, you can't go. The Lord has spoken to me. You can't go. She heard the voice of the Spirit. She was Spirit-led. She heard the voice of God. They were upset. Matter of fact, they were just plain ticked off. Probably sported an attitude or two. About 2 o'clock in the morning, they get a phone call. Been a horrible accident. Kids were in the Gresham Hospital, a small hospital, and they were asking some of the women in the church to come to help nurse these kids. No one was killed, fortunately, but one is crippled and a paraplegic today. Mama heard the voice of the Spirit. Mama heard the voice of God. And it wasn't just an ominous thing. She heard the voice of God. I remember her speaking into my ear. Shared it with you last week. Trying to figure out whether it was medicine or ministry. And she leaned over me. And she whispered into my ear. Honey, just say yes. You hear the voice of God and it will affect you. It could affect your kids. It could affect the destinies of people around you. Hear the voice of God. Steward the voice of God. And take the voice of God and put it into action. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that Father still wants to talk to his kids? Amen. 
Oh, you can say it like you really mean it. He really does want to speak to us. He does want to talk to us. He does want to commune with us. It's not some weird thing. It's not some mystical thing. He is a loving father that wants to communicate with his children. And he wants to have your hearing right now. Some of you would say, Pastor, that's such a foreign thought to me. I, I, I want to believe in God. I want to I believe in all of this, but I don't know how. It's a step of faith. It's all it is, is a step of faith. Can I be candid with you? You're not even using your own because you don't have any. He has given to you his measure of faith. The faith that you have is not yours. It's his on loan to you. And he's simply asking you to use his faith. He does exist. How many of you in here know he exists? How many of you have sensed him? How many of you have heard his voice? How many of you have experienced his presence? How many of you have understood that he has manifested his very presence in front of you? You know that you know that you know he is a living, real, awesome God. Can you say amen to that? And for some that are here this morning, you would say, Pastor, I'm not sure. It's as simple as this. Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to believe. I trust you. I trust your word. I'm asking for you to forgive me. Be merciful to me. Be gracious to me. Forgive me of my sins. That's as simple as it begins. It's where it begins. It's not in you doing some great performance. It's not what you do and don't do. It's where it begins is right here with this simple statement. I need you. I can't do it on my own. I've tried. How's that worked out? Not so good. I need God's help. Father, this morning, for every person in this room, may we hear you, Father. Speak again to us clearly clarion voice to us there may be those here this morning that have yet to simply bow their heart to you they're trying to do it in their own strength trying to do it with their own ability and they can't they fail time and time and time and time again and Lord it's time to turn it over to you And to say, Father, I can't do this alone. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I need your help. Nobody's looking, but between you and God, would you simply lift a hand to him and say, God, I need you. I need you right now. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. All over this room. All over this room. I want you to pray a simple prayer with me this morning. Lord Jesus, everybody pray it. Lord Jesus, I can't do this alone. I need your help. I need it right now. I yield my life to you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Help me. Deliver me. Heal me. Strengthen me. I need it right now. I confess my need to you. 
I cannot do this alone. I need you. Now, Holy Spirit, I want you to whisper into the heart of each person in this room. I want you to whisper into their heart the assurance that you will never leave them, that you'll always be there with them, that you have forgiven them, that you have redeemed them, that you're going to walk with them. Lord, I pray your blessing over them. And I pray, Father, the enemy and the adversary of our soul, I ask you to silence his voice in the strong name of Jesus. As I prepared this morning, the Spirit of the Lord gave me a word. Actually gave me a couple. But there's people in this room this morning, I don't know who you are, but I want to be faithful to deliver to you what the Lord spoke to me. That you're fighting a fight that nobody knows, not your husband, your wife, your children, or those around you. And it's a battle that has beaten you down over and over again. And he wants you to hear the voice of the Spirit that says to you, I have overcome that already. And if you will yield to my spirit and yield to my voice, you will see this thing dissipate out of your life. But we have to yield to him, folks. I don't know who that's for, but I do know this, that when you yield to him, he will help you. Can you say amen to that this morning? How many of you can say with an amen, I accept the word of God today. Now say it like the devil needs to hear it. Amen. amen. Now, lift your hands for the blessing this morning. Father, I speak your blessing into your li- the lives of your kids. It's not mine, it's yours. Let it take on a life of its own in each life. That, Father, you will bless them. You will overwhelm them with your mercy and your grace. That you'll undergird them with your strength and with your power. And that the Holy Spirit himself will guide them and direct them. Will counsel them and encourage them. Go before them, I pray. Stand beside them and keep your hand upon them. Shelter them under your protective arms and keep your grace abundant and rich toward them. Bless them and keep them, and may your peace overwhelm them. In Jesus' name. And everybody can say, Amen. 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 Isn't God good? Would you turn to the neighbor next to you and say, You know what? That message was just for you. Amen. God bless you.